All right, guys, welcome back to the channel. Uh, I got a few topics I would like to cover and talk about. As usual, raw thoughts. Let's get into these topics. All right, so the first one is TJ Dillashaw getting a title shot against Aljamain Sterling. Have some thoughts on that. Um, the next topic is Zabit retiring. And the third topic on the agenda is Cowboy Cerrone response to Anthony Smith's comments and story regarding uh, Cowboy and Dan Blazarian, whatever that guy's name is, booting his mom and his wife out of their seats at a UFC event. All right, so let's get into these. Uh, starting with uh, TJ Dillashaw getting the title shot. Uh, don't like it. Don't like it. I feel like... Um, there are other people more deserving of the title shot, uh, namely Jose Aldo. So right now, Jose Aldo is on a three-fight win streak. Those names include Pedro Munoz, Cheeto Vera, and Rob Font. No specific order. The reason I have an issue with TJ Dillashaw getting the title shot is that he's had one fight since his return. It was a suspect win over Corey Sanhagen. A lot of people believe Sanhagen won that fight. I know when I watched the fight, I felt like Sanhagen won. But that's just me. That's neither here nor there. The judges scored it the way they did. The decision went to TJ. Is what it is. But it was a close fight. Wins that fight upon his return. And to be frank, his history of uh, PED use, getting busted for EPO. So... A little trip down memory lane for you guys that don't really know the story or are not aware of the details with that. TJ Dillashaw got busted for EPO. EPO is basically a cardio conditioning enhancing agent. Increases red blood cells if I'm not mistaken. It is taken via injection, either your thigh or your stomach area. Now, TJ got, TJ got busted, he popped. And I see a lot of comments where people are giving him credit for coming clean. And that's kind of annoying because the only reason he came clean days before the official, you know, statement was released that he that he flagged was because he had no choice. It wasn't out of the kindness out of his heart, you know, some kind of honor code thing. He had to come clean because you can only take EPO one way for it to be effective via injection. To my knowledge, it's not like he can use the excuse of tainted supplement. So when you're busted for EPO, you're busted. And I see comparisons with John Jones, but the John Jones thing for the times he popped, even Jeff Nowitzki, you know, the, um, I think he's, he was the head of USADA at the time, the program for the UFC. You know, even he said on a Joe Rogan that, it was kind of ambiguous. It was a little bit uh, suspect how uh, John, you know, got flagged and his opinion was it could have been a tainted supplement indeed, but they already got the ball rolling with things. They had to issue some kind of a punishment with John. Um, the timing was weird, you know, um, when it was found in his system, like the timing was like length of him taking whatever banned substance the day of the weigh-in. Does that make sense? So John's story kind of jives a little bit that he ingested a tainted supplement. Um, who knows the real truth, but all I know is with TJ Dillashaw, he was busted dead to rights. Like there's not even any gray area with that. So 
Yeah, I mean, he he really doesn't get credit for coming clean. He was basically trying to get ahead of the situation before, you know, it was made public. That's about it. Once again, with EPO, you don't ingest that. You can't accidentally ingest EPO and pop for it. You have to make a purposeful action of injecting it in your body. He got suspended. Fair enough. Received punishment. I think it was like a two-year suspension. But he's just had one fight and he is a he's a bona fide cheater. So with a close decision against Corey Sanhagen, do you deserve a title shot? It almost sounds like they're rewarding him, which is kind of weird. Don't you think somebody who pops should have a tough route back to the belt? Like you have to like prove yourself because your whole career kind of is in question. That's just my stance on it. So no, I don't think that TJ Dillashaw is deserving of a title shot against Aljo. Not yet. And for the record, um, I like TJ Dillashaw as a fighter. I was a big fan. I think the dude is like highly skilled. He's an elite fighter. One of the best really to ever do it. The guy's that good. You know, um, just great boxing for mixed martial arts. He's well-rounded. He has great wrestling. Super tough. You used to be able to say great conditioning, but we really don't know if that was due to the help of the EPO. I think his excuse was is that he was taking it for the Cejudo fight or something like that. I may be mixing up the timeline there, but I think that's what he said. Because, you know, he dropped down to like flyweight or something like that, which was a terrible move. Terrible. So my vote, guys, give it to Jose Aldo. The guy's a legend. He's never popped for anything. He's on a run right now, career resurgence, reinvented himself at a new weight class. There's other guys deserving of the title shot, more so than TJ Dillashaw, in my opinion, Jose Aldo. All right, next topic, Zabit Magomed Sharipov. You like that? You like that? Put some respect on Zabit's name. Get his name right. Magomed Sharipov. Zabit has retired. He's still young enough that he can compete. Maybe he comes back one day. But basically, in his statement, for the most part, he insinuated that he lost the fire. He did have injuries before. You know, that was a factor keeping him out. But he clarified that it's not the injuries. He just doesn't feel the same. Now, Zabit closed out with a mixed martial arts record of 18 wins, one loss. It's a great record. Six knockout victories, seven submissions. 14 fight win streak and his last win was against Calvin Cater back in 2019. That was a good run, Zabit. That was a good run. Um, Personal feelings on Zabit as a fighter? Hell of a fighter. Hell of a fighter. Crazy skill set. Um, His striking is phenomenal. He can grapple. He's super tough. He's very long and lengthy for the division. Zabit's a problem, or he was. I think eventually Zabit would have been champion, world champ. His skill set, again, super impressive. Uh, Just a phenomenal fighter. I think part of him losing the fire to compete is being stalled out, you know? Uh, I don't know whose fault that was. If there were issues with the negotiation with the UFC, who knows? But when a guy's sitting out for a long time and he has the itch to compete, it gets harder and harder to come back. You know, you get a little bit disillusioned. The sport is a difficult one to be involved with, period. Now, I just have a lengthy training background. Um, The only things I've competed in, you know, are uh, wrestling and grappling. Oh, and like traditional martial arts competitions when I was younger. But 
having trained for fights, having trained for a very long time, it's a tough sport. You get hurt all the damn time in training, all the time. The cardio and conditioning is torturous. You get into these mini fights in the gym. Um, when it's sparring day, hard sparring day, when you pull up and you park in that parking lot, you get butterflies where well, any normal person would because you could get jacked up. And that's just a person doing it as a hobby and passion. You know, imagine a professional, the level of training they have to go through day in and day out, week in and week out, yearly. It's grueling. It's tough. It's not fun. You have to cut weight. You have to diet. When you step in that cage, you can be maimed, seriously injured. We've seen horrific injuries. You can die. If you get your butt whooped, hey, that's immortalized in front of millions of people watching. So it's a difficult sport, you know, few sports like mixed martial arts, that's for sure. So it's already hard to get out of the bed in the morning to compete for for most people, for most fighters. And then you're out for a bit and you're enjoying your life. You have a little bit of money. And the idea of putting your body through that becomes less attractive. So that's what I think happened. I think it's just uh, Zabit not competing, you know, issues with negotiation, and uh, he lost the fire. But we'll see what happens. He's still a young guy. Maybe he just needs, you know, a longer break or something. Sometimes when guys uh, train with um, elites and ranked people, they do well against them in the gym and then they get that fire back because it's like, hey, like I'm dominating and doing certain things to this guy who's a world champ or former world champ or ranked top 10. I can still do this. That happens. Zabit, thank you for the great fights. Hell of a fighter. Um, sad to see you go, but you have to do what's best for yourself. All right. Last topic. Cowboy Cerrone response to Anthony Smith's story on the Believe You Me podcast regarding Cerrone and the Dan Blazarian dude. I don't even know if that's his name. I don't really care his last name. Um, <laughs> kicking Anthony Smith's wife and his mom out of their seats at a UFC event and, and taking the seats. Now, I saw Cerrone's comments. Cerrone flat out said it wasn't true. Like, he doesn't know why Anthony Smith made this story up. He thinks he's possibly clout chasing. He described how these seats have tags on them, they're named, they're assigned. And if you think about it, according to Cowboy Cerrone, it doesn't make sense. And he says that he would never do that. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I wasn't there. We weren't there. People do dumb stuff when they're drunk. And if Cowboy was drunk, there's other stories about Cerrone being drunk, acting a fool a little bit. If he was drunk... I guess you never know. Maybe he did something that he doesn't remember. I know just like personal opinion wise, I don't see Anthony Smith as a liar. He doesn't strike me as a guy that fabricates stories or clout chases. Neither does Cerrone for the most part. I don't think Cerrone's a clout chaser, but I could see Cerrone getting wild and crazy when he's drinking and maybe not remembering certain things. And here's another factor. Maybe Anthony Smith didn't get the correct or full story. Because to my understanding, he wasn't there. He didn't witness this. He was told that this happened. So, you know, when a story's passed around, when you're reiterating something, sometimes details get twisted. And by the time it gets to like the third person, it's a very different story. So yeah, maybe the story wasn't conveyed correctly. Maybe Anthony Smith misunderstood what happened. Cowboy said that 
Smith has not confronted him in all these years. This happened like a few years ago, apparently. That's why it was confusing to him. He thought it was like clout chasing, but I don't think it's clout chasing. I just think he was on a podcast with Bisbing on their podcast and um, had a story to tell. It was just conversation and podcasting. So once again, I wasn't there. We weren't there. Who knows what the real truth is? But personal opinion, not condemning Cowboy, I'm inclined to lean towards Smith's side. And I'm not saying it's the full truth either. Anyway, guys, those are my thoughts on these topics. Thanks for watching the segment. Feel free to drop your thoughts, um, and I'll catch you guys on the next segment. Until then, take care.